And now for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys. Well, hello, my friends. This is Robert Rose, and welcome to episode number 304, a very special episode of This Old Marketing, a special year-in-review show. And with me, as always, my good friend, my colleague, and a guy who's really the shining personification of a non-fungible token, Mr. (laughs) Joe Polizzi. How are you, my friend? Yes, I am one of a kind. It's funny we had a you are one we had of a, a kind, conversation yes. with we know we've got both kids at home for the holiday break, and there was something like a two or three minute conversation about why Dad is so strange. It was actually yeah. Oh, well, that's now that, that's a conversation I wish I had. You would yeah you would you would have added, I have a lot to contribute you to that. Additive I have a lot to, to the contribute. conversation for sure. Yeah. You would have had plenty yeah. of examples of why I am eternally strange. But you know what? Who wants to be normal? I don't want nobody wants to be normal. Yeah. Does anybody say no? Of course what do you not. want to be when you grow up? I want to be normal. No, I want to be average. I want to be, yeah. average. I want to be, I want to be yeah. the middle. I want to be the middle number of a median, you know. And then nobody says that. That's right. <laughs> no, nobody. How says are you? That. Every, everybody wants to how be. How are weird. you doing? Holidays are good to you so far. I take it. Holidays have been yes, holidays have been lovely. I, you know, I think I mentioned this. I was thinking about this the uh, uh, last at the end of last week as we were as we were recording, um, which was I remember in the summertime um, I was on the show. I kept saying to you, "Oh, I'm so busy. Oh, that you know, I'm so blessed. The client work, and oh, I'm crazy busy, crazy busy, crazy busy." And as it turns out. It worked out so wonderfully. It rarely happens this way, but but it, this year it happened this way, where my the 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 end of client work coincided with last week, and the idea was to be able to sort of pick up again in January. Now it rarely works out that way because you know. We're, we're in the middle of a deliverable or we're in the middle of, you know, figuring out interviews or we're in the middle of, you know, having, you know, closing deals and all that kind of stuff. But this year was perfect. Like all the client projects ended and we have a whole bunch of new client projects that are going to kick off in the new year. And so it's like the perfect storm of being able to take the holidays off actually really take the holidays off and i have to tell you it's just a very lovely thing that's that's fantastic to hear it's it's funny i don't i don't know if it's worked the same but you know i mean how we were rushing to get the oh, launch yeah. of a creator economy expo out we announced that a couple weeks ago we did the never ending tickets the whole thing and i've been working my part uh, of the whole thing is really mostly working on sponsorship deals. So it's like, okay, let's close HubSpot. We did the Rally IO deal. We got it. We got Market Muse in. We're very happy with that. And now I've got all my other meetings set up for after January seventh. So I'm feeling like, okay, can take some time off, be with the family. Not, you know, sometimes I obsess about certain things. I don't have to obsess about those things. <laughs> Work related. <laughs> I guess the weird thing, you know, we've. We've never really done, I don't know if we've done a, a wrap-up episode before like this one, but I was just thinking, maybe you have a take as well, 
like maybe something unexpected that happened during the year. I honestly did not expect to launch another business. I, that's a new, I think when you and I, I think, you know, maybe I was talking about it with you in December or something like that of last year. And I was, I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe we should do, maybe I should do that. Maybe I'm going to do this. And it's just strange how things, <laughs> things happen. And here we are going and especially going down the whole NFT rabbit hole and tokens and, I didn't see I didn't see us, you know, launching our own social token that we did in March and it's just crazy how 6 months, 9 months, a year can be so vastly different than your expectations. And I guess that's where I'm, yes. I'm sitting here right now thinking how did we get here? Like I didn't see that path coming. So No. I I'm right there with you. I I'm right there with you because uh, I was actually talking to my wife about this um, during uh, last week as well, which was feeling how stark the difference was in a really good way between December of 2020 and December of 2021. I mean, it's just been, you know, it's there's look, I, I, I realize that, you know, I, I say that with a, a, a huge amount of privilege, a huge amount of luck, a huge amount of, you know, hard work and, and, and a huge amount of recognition that not everybody had a great 2021 either. But at the same time, uh, you know, it, 2021 was so different than I thought it would be. And really in so many good ways, right? You know, not all of them were easy. I'll yeah. say that there was a lot of, there was a lot of shifting, a lot of changing, a lot of pivoting, a lot of, you know, and, you know, and, and a lot of things that, that sort of came around, but, but at the, you know, here I sit, uh, in, you know, late 2021 getting ready for 2022 and, and it's, it's a good place to be. And I, I too, you know, could never have predicted, you know, the amount of change that has, uh, has occurred and where we sit, you know, I mean, if you would have told me that I'd be thinking about, you know, all the things that we're thinking about now at the beginning of 2021 and how much of my business has changed and how much my, you know, how much excitement I have for the future, I would have been like, nah, you're crazy. You're, you're absolutely nutty. But, but it, it turned out that way. And I, I'm super happy for it. You know, it, it just, it's, a, it, it never, it never fails to remind me that wherever you find yourself, you know, is, is a place where you can look back and go, I am who I am because of my experiences, right? I am who I am because of the things that I, the decisions I make and the, and what I do and the way that I deal with adversity and success and all of those things. And, and as a result, it's very hard for me to ever say that I regret things because I'm, if I'm happy in the place that I'm at in life, it is because of all of the things good and bad that have happened in my life that I've missed and or succeeded at. So it's, it, it's like I, the path to where I am today feels really good, uh, you know, because I'm happy with where I am. Right. And, and it's only when I don't feel good about where I am that I look back and go, Oh, uh, you know, I wish I had done that differently or I wish I had done that differently. And, and those kinds of things. It's anyway, no, I'm no, no on, it's but, funny. But that's, it's, but that's it, the, no, that's it's, the point. it's the whole, you know, regret is, is maybe the worst thing that that can yeah, happen exactly. to a human being. It's like worry. Yeah, it's, like it's, worry. Just, it's just yeah. like okay, you pick your direction, go at it, 
live your life, be hungry. But if you can get past the thing about just don't just don't look back, just don't look back. You've already you've learned yeah, it. It's, you've lived it's, it. Go forward. Uh, you know, it, it's the Ted Lasso, right? It's it's Ted Lasso. You know, have the memory of a goldfish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You love that whole goldfish thing too. You love to talk about I, the. Yeah. What was that? Yeah. The the whole marketing and the gold. That was thing? A, that was the marketing yeah, that, thing. Yeah, that's it, the marketing it's totally stupid BS. myth. It's, you've, that, de- you've debunked we, it yeah. many times. But anyway, exactly. We we tend to ramble and talk. But we have we ever done a wrap up episode before? We have not. Are, are you serious? Wrap up episode in the eight years uh, we we've been doing this is the first in, wrap up episode. This is the first year oh end wrap goodness. up show where what we're going to do, folks, just to sort of make it clear, is we're going to we went back and looked at all of our previous episodes over 2021 and picked our favorite stories from the year, the ones that we either loved or that we love talking about or that we think are meaningful. And we're going to talk about, you know, we're going to go back and forth and talk about our favorite stories from uh, 2021. So, yeah, I think it'll be fun. So this episode will either be 30 minutes or 17 hours. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Well, we are going to try and <laughs> fast forward so we get through a number of them because we each picked quite a few. Like there was we we it's not like we starved for favorite stories this year. No, but we'll do our best to be as brief as we possibly can, which we can't be. And by the way, just so everyone's listening, people Robert, are rolling Robert their eyes I, right we, now. Literally, we always rolling talk their about eyes. these special episodes and say, "Can we do an episode in like thirty minutes and thirty-five minutes?" And that's like an hour and nope. twenty-minute episode. Nope. It just yeah. The answer to that would be a hard we nope. Just can't do it. Yep. Because just, you're, you you talk, it's so not going to happen. Because that's why. Uh, true, <laughs> they're, they're true. It, 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 that is true. That is true. I I will not make the same claim to you. Although I'll let the listeners just make that judgment themselves over who gets you know, more. You know what we should? Okay, last thing. What <laughs> we should do? Take all the episodes and let's for for the whole year. And figure out how much you spoke versus how much I spoke. Oh, that would be fun. There should be a tool. To I'm do sure that. there is. There should be a tool. I, I, I yeah. have a, I'd have a bet that that you would have more, much more. But that's that's okay. Well, only because I do the intros and we the can outros. take those out. Uh, we we don't have to count those. We just count everything else. Because you right. use bigger words. Uh, uh, that is true. <laughs> I, 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 yes. Okay. Yes. How are we going to do this? Well, All right. You, you, uh, let's let's switch off and go back and forth, and you go first. All right. I have uh, five main theme stories that really I uh, I thought told the story of the year, and the first one that I want to focus on. It's actually we covered in three different episodes, but the stories were, and I'm going to go back through them real quickly. It was episode 302. We talked about Twitch bumping. Hassan off of the platform. We just talked about this. The whole Instagram, uh, Facebook going after at Metaverse in episode 286. It was OnlyFans changing their rules about what it, what kind of content that they would allow on their platform. And then back to 259 was about how um, Facebook, if you remember this one, this was early in the year, how they kicked off all the news sources from in Australia. You remember that one? Yeah. And, yep, I, and I could have had more, but but basically, as I was going through the episodes, Robert, for the year, the whole rented land thing just was sort of the big 2021 theme of these social platforms making decisions to do whatever they want and not thinking about 
the rights, which the users have no rights, but the lack or the lack of rights of the users and how you and I have talked all year and for eight years about especially marketers and content creators figuring out that they've got to get off of these platforms and and at least have some kind of proprietary data initiative like an email newsletter so we have some of that control. And so that's what I thought. I don't know. I mean, you might have some other thoughts about different episodes, but those three caught me the most because after every one of those episodes, I would put on my <laughs> that I would go to Twitter, of course, and I would say, you know, do not build your content house on rented land. And I keep saying it over and over. It's always in vogue every time I say it. So that was <laughs> well, that was yeah. what struck me first as sort of the number one trend of the year in wrap up. I think that's a really good one. And 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 I think it's interesting because, you know, when we when we look back and I ended up doing a bit of a, you know, I, I store all of our uh, show notes and, and scripts in Evernote. So of course I was doing searches to go look back in, 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 in through the past to find the links and all the things to, as we were prepping for the show. And it was amazing to me how many of those stories there were, which was like, Hey, you know, don't, you know, don't build your home on, on rented land types of, you know, things because, you know, we talked about the the rise of Clubhouse. We in the fall of Clubhouse to some extent. We talked about the, you know, all of the Facebook challenges that were this year. We talked about social audio. We talked about podcasting. We talked about, you know, all of these things that that are at heart rented land. And Every time we were sort of, you know, it, 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 after a while, even you and I said to each other, oh, it just feels like we're, you know, we're, we're, we're saying this again, you know, but, you know, to the point where you actually, I think in August or September, actually posted, you know, literally just posted up on LinkedIn, don't build your house on rented land. Literally, it was a single line post. It went crazy. Tons of. It and then, of course, at the same because, time, you have people you know. saying, that's the stupidest advice ever. You you want to be everywhere your audience is at. And I'll say, there's nothing wrong with social media. There's nothing wrong with focusing on a platform and building an audience on social media. But you have to have some kind of exit strategy, right? Just, in, yeah. just when yeah. they change the rules. And what those episodes I went through talk about is Facebook, OnlyFans, Twitch, and Instagram all changed the rules. They all just said, oh, Duh, yeah, we're just going to we don't care. We're going to do whatever we want because they can. And maybe that's why you and I are leaning so much into Web3 right now, because whether it's true or not, the idea of decentralization is a key component. And I love that. I want to love it so much because of the, the power that these five or six social platforms have over content creators right now and users. Well, you. Yeah, well, it's a great segue because the my first story that I picked as one of my favorite stories from this year was a story that was back in March um, that we talked about uh, on the show, which was a blog post, actually. And we've ended up talking about this platform quite a bit over the course of the last the next nine months, um, the, you know, mirror.xyz which of course is a web 3.0 type of, you know, um, new 
I guess, journalism or new, you know, a new version of what medium uh, wants to be, I guess. But it was really this idea about how you can monetize your content on this platform. And it was um, a blog post that we covered on the on the show from a guy by the name of Jared Dicker, who talked about, he said it was the new media structure, the ownership economy, right? He talked about this idea of how media companies are really talent companies and as we've seen this acceleration uh, by you know challengers, incumbents, all of these things, sort of you know small companies competing with big companies, big companies competing with medium-sized companies, um, we're starting to see, as he said, the rise of the Renaissance creator, and all of this was made possible with this idea of a decentralized idea, right? You know, this ownership, the idea of ownership. And I think in many ways where we've sort of ended the year um, with Web3, and and certainly we're just in the very beginning of this. We're just in the early, early, maybe not even out of the dugout yet uh, in terms of what's going to actually happen with Web3.0. But as we end the year, I think one of the things that's becoming clearer is that the, what smart contracts, what the metaverse, what Web 3.0 promises to, to provide is a democratization of ownership, right? A democratization of the way that uh, we can remove gatekeepers from what has historically been sort of a transactional basis, whether it's peer-to-peer commerce, peer-to-peer finance, peer-to-peer trading, peer-to-peer contract contracts. All those things are sort of made possible with this idea of blockchain and, and Web 3.0 technology. And so this idea that, you know, I mean, I've, I've said it, I said it before on the show, I'll say it again, you know, if Web 1.0 was about helping our customers find something and Web 2.0 was about helping our customers experience something and if Web 3.0 then is helping our customers co-create something, create, you know, create something that they also own. And to me, that's an, that's the opportunity that we have as as marketing people, um, and I think this story was a really sort of early, you know, an early canary in the coal mine, if you will. Of, uh, of no, I, I, it's funny when you look, if you look back at the episodes, you get in January like oh it's a normal month, and then all of a sudden you get into late February and March, and we go full tokens, like we start talking about NFTs and tokens and all kinds of stuff, uh, which I guess. I'll just go right into, I'm going to skip over one. I'll go back to it, but I'll, I'll go into March 12th, uh, which was episode uh, 262. And that was the first episode where we really talked about NFTs. And if you remember, you and I really talked, uh, we were fighting about it because you were you were of telling course, me yeah. that the whole thing was stupid. And <laughs> well, let's be clear about what my argument is because I have not changed my opinion on this. But, 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 yes, you know, I mean, I saw the tweets that were going on. By the way, the last couple of weeks, where it's been like, you know, you know, Robert's finally coming around, and Joe says, "Good boy, I'm so proud of you," and petting me like a dog. Which, let's be very clear, my opinion hasn't really changed. It's evolved, certainly, but it has not, like, you know. I still stand by my March, whatever it was, you know, opinions there. So please continue, no, no, no. though. So, so basically, that's a very important – I'll remember that week forever because two things happened in that week. One, that was the week that Beeple sold his NFT for $69 million. Right. So we were talking yep, a bit about exactly. that. So basically, it made yep. headlines everywhere, regular news and all that stuff. 
But the reason why we covered it, actually the first story, if you remember this one, was Seth Godin's blog post where he talked about he was all negative about NFTs. And my take on it, and I think you agreed to a point, was these creator and marketing business models are changing. We don't really know where we're going, but I think if you close off to the possibilities now, you're going to regret it. There's that regret word. Uh, and that's what I was that, – that's what I was saying. There's there's something here, and I think we both sort of agreed that, yeah, this might be peak NFT right now. We might be in a bubble, but there's something here. There's a new business model. There's a new way that we can connect with customers and our audience, and that's when you and I just really started to, to do the research and figure it out. So, Yeah. Yeah, well, that was it, right? Because even in March, what intrigued me the most was the technology. Right, the, the the technology of blockchain, the technology of smart contracts, to me, that's a game changer. The idea of, uh, you know, an art project, you know, and selling, you know, the the ownership, quote unquote, because it's not ownership in most cases. Let's, you know, this is the the big misnomer. So so often in this, of a JPEG file that lives somewhere on the web, was. That was such a, to me, it's such a red herring. Um, And it's such a, uh, it it is not where, you know, because you rightfully, and those who you, you know, I've had this, I've had this conversation so many times with people who are just trying to grok even the, 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 the earliest kinds of what NFT blockchain metaverse really mean. By the way, I don't have all the answers. I'm just exploring it as much as anybody. But when I try and explain it and you get into the conversation of people buying a JPEG, you know, and selling a JPEG for $69 million, the absurdity of that out sort of completely whitewashes over the entirety of the the, the interestingness of the technology. And that was what was so like just annoying uh, in the in the early in the early days, right? It's been all of nine months, but but that but but to your point, I think is it, ex- you said it exactly well. Like we don't know how it's going to change, but it is going to change the way that content creators create, the way that marketers market, the way that accountants account, the way that you know um, CEOs lead, the way that we all behave in in some particular way. And the sentence that I just said there is the same sentence that you and I wrote in Managing Content Marketing back in 2009. And I think that's the kind of excitement that we yeah, can have. Yeah, and then the, what, what the, the NFT is, the, the, let's say it's the JPEG. It's not the JPEG, right? It's what the JPEG represents. What's the underlying right. experience and agreement? What's the cream filling inside the donut, right? It's not the outside, it's the inside. Right. So that's why you do your work. You do your due diligence, you get in part of a community, and you figure out what is underneath this thing. And that's where you're you're seeing some really creative things. That's why you saw the Board Ape Yacht Club take off, because it's not the images. It's because you basically get into a club. They're paying for access to a right. club and a membership. That's right. But if you're just saying, are you just paying for the image? No. In some cases, you are, but I think right now... That's very few and far between. Everything is seems to be about access and experience now, which is I, I like. And now you're getting the creators and marketers to do some really interesting things. So there you go. Right. Yeah. Like I have, like I, as an experiment, I bought two NFTs. Um, I told you about the one. Um, I bought a second one. 
because I wanted to play around just to understand better what it was like to try and be like a, you know, an, uh, an art quote unquote art collector. Right. So, so buying these things on really speculation, you know, of guessing when these images would either go high, go low or whatever. I mean, it's a very speculative market and, and, and I did. And interestingly, you know, it's been, uh, you know, it's been interesting. I've, I've, I'm getting offers now on art quote unquote that I bought, um, you know, earlier this year that it, I, you know, I can make a thousand bucks. I can make, you know, and making a thousand bucks over nine months on a buying a JPEG is, you know, is highly suspect, but it's interesting. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, there's, there's a weirdness there that I, I you know, again, with full admission of the inequality and the, you know, the sort of absurdity of that, it's it, there is something to 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 witness there as as well, as part of culture. It's honestly, not that absurd because if you look over the past thirty years, what's the best performing asset of all assets? Stocks, bonds, real estate. What's the best performing? Art. Art is the best performing. What happened in twenty twenty one is that regular people got access to the art market that never happened before. I'm not sure about that. I, well, but, but but yeah, I'm I I'm just you. saying. I hear what I I'm hear just what saying, you're saying. That's I'm not sure that you know the 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 absurdity of it is is you know in in the art in the art world the the, the what makes it a you know quite frankly what makes it truly an investment class that that outpaces others is the ease by which money can be laundered. I mean, let's be well, let's be honest. <laughs> it it it. It, it provides a very great asset class for billionaires and millionaires to hide cash. So that's, you know, that's, Possi- you know, possible, that's, that's one possible, thing. but it's yeah. also true. They, I mean, but that, that's with anything you're, you're going to have, Agreed. you're going to have uh, negative cases in every asset class. But in this case, was there was there ever a moment in time when you look at early 2021 where people were actually buying? This is not even the underlying, you know, what's it? What is the NFT? This is people were buying art in January and February and March of 2021. They were actually just buying art, and they never have done that before. The, the majority of these yeah. people. So it was a whole new thing that we saw went up and down and up. And now I guess right now, as we record this at the end of 2021, we're seeing a little bit of a bear market as everybody catches up where you've got a thousand NFT projects going on right now and we'll see where it goes. But to your point, Uh, lots of potential. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of potential, lots of potential for the technology. The technology gets better every single And now we're just seeing where the applications are. So, yeah. And I think we're really starting to see true utility come out of some of these applications you know in, in the way that we do commerce in the way that we do access to content in the way that we do uh the ability to create addressable audiences without personal identification that to me is one of the most exciting things for marketers um you know there's a lot of opportunity here in the way that blockchain and tokens can be utilized in a marketing way that has nothing to do with selling a jpeg 
and all about utility. And I think that to me yep. is the, well, the exciting and, thing. And, I'll, and I know we want to get out and we keep talking about it, but yeah. as we, you know, we launched Tilcoin in, in March of 2021, and I've said this many times. So this is a fungible token, not an NFT, but I've never seen a loyal audience come together as quickly as it did around the tokenization concept. And I'll, I'll swear this up and down. I mean, I've been I've been building audiences for 20, 22 years now in many different forms. But there's something about a an audience member having, whether or not it is ownership or not, feeling like they're a part of a community more than just the content itself. And this token has something to do with it. And I've just never seen a group of people. I mean, we built the Discord from zero to a thousand. And these people are talking offline and they're building small communities or whatever. And would that have happened without the token? Sure, it could have. But did it happen quick, more quickly and easily with the token? Absolutely, I believe that. I don't know where it goes from here. Yeah. Maybe we were at the right time and place, but I think there's a future there. So, Something in the way she moves me. Good song. I don't want to leave her now. You know I believe in how. All right, let's. Move. I, yeah, go on, I got go one for yeah, you. Yeah, your turn. I got one for you. Yeah, this one is. Um, so this one I think is the biggest marketing story okay. of the year, um, <clears throat> which was back in. Uh, let's see, it was back in August uh, when Salesforce uh, decided that they were going to launch a complete streaming service, and they launched Salesforce Plus. Um, to me, I think that might have been the tipping point for because, uh, well, let me say why I think it's a tipping point. Because it's it, it, when I see them sort of, one of the things that, that, that held true that people are continually amazed by, Dreamforce, which we've talked about a million times for the last eight years about how it was a great content marketing platform, um, you know, it's the Dreamforce is the largest uh, and until the 2020 pandemic and, and all of that was the largest in-person tech software event on the planet. And, you know, 175,000 people go to San Francisco every year. 2020, uh, and that's a content marketing platform, make no bones about it, right? It is all about celebrating Salesforce. It is all about selling, uh, celebrating CRM. Imagine Dragons, you know Colin Powell, all the you know speakers that they've got. It's it's a it's a media event, and that basically is as important to Salesforce as one of their products. And so it is it is truly a content the quintessential content marketing platform. And we talk about it in Killing Marketing, and we talk about it. It's a, it's a you know it's it, it is it is a great example of that. It wasn't until 2020, so easily uh, let's call it 15 years. I don't know which. I don't know when they started. It was around mid two thousand somewhere. That they had an online version of Dreamforce, and people go, "Really?" It's like, "Yep." There was no three sixty five twenty four seven version of Dreamforce available until twenty twenty when they decided to have the event virtually. That was the very first year that they did any kind of online access to Dreamforce um, in any meaningful way, and so. Now, when they go, oh, that's interesting because the digital experience and the amount of content and the amount of good content that can be there, that spurs the idea of launching an entire streaming platform 
called they're calling it Salesforce Plus, which they debuted it at Dreamforce um, in September, and they're starting with original programming and they're they're launching shows and it's um, an amazing thing and that to me is the evolution of content marketing at a company like Salesforce and we're starting more and more this is why I believe it's the tipping point starting to see more and more of that in our clients which is how do we not just create siloed little islands of goodness our resource center, our blog, or our digital magazine, how do we create an entire ecosystem of content where people want to stay, where people want to live, not just visit from time to time? Because the binge watching and the idea of binge buying, not there anymore. It is about how do I hold the attention of audiences? And this is just a great example of that. So I think 2022, I think we're gonna look back 10 years from now and go Salesforce Plus, if it's successful, and I'm uh, full admitting that there's a lot of execution that has to happen here, but basically, you know, we'll look back ten years if this was successful as saying that was the sort of that was a pinnacle moment. No, I love that example. I think you're right because in four or five years, maybe less, everything's moving so quickly. Uh, it's going to be an exception if you don't have a media platform part of your organization, especially if you're a big company, probably big tech company. Next two years, every big tech company is going to have some kind of a media ecosystem like you're talking about. It leads directly in. So you think the big, the biggest story was Salesforce Plus. I don't know if I can disagree with that, but I'm going to put on equal plane, February 5th, 2021, you and I covered HubSpot buying the hustle. Yeah, And I think that goes hand in hand with what you're talking about, because I think what we're seeing is a new generation of product and service company that says, hey, building audiences and building ongoing content experiences is really important. It's so important that if we can't build it, we have to go out and buy it and HubSpot did what reportedly 27 or so million dollars to buy the hustle which has 1.5 million uh, email subscribers to their small business entrepreneurial newsletter i thought it was huge and when i go out and talk to people and you know i'll do my online um virtual shows or whatever or the questions that i get a lot of them are around what that meant to the industry what it means for creators and I think that it's one of those, probably just like Salesforce Plus, HubSpot buying the hustle is the same thing where you finally get chief marketing officers saying, oh, my goodness, like this is a thing. Like we need to do something. And that's right. what I've exactly. seen, right? You'll, you'll see this spur all sorts of activity in 2022 because of those two events. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I mean, and, and, and actually in the what we'll obviously relink to in, in this episode's show notes are, are is the as the Axios story, which links to not only HubSpot's acquisition of the hustle, but links to, you know, others as well, right? You know, there's been a number of 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 acquisitions in the space and will continue to be acquisitions in the space as we move through this as as and well, I mean it's just gonna become it's gonna become sort of the the strategy du jour uh, of looking at buy instead of build, right? I just think buy is going to become so much more common than even build because I'm even, I'm even hearing it from my clients these days, which is like, 
they look at the timeline of saying, well, what's it going to take to build a blog, build an audience, build a thing, you know, all that. And quite frankly, throwing up their hands a little bit and going, I, I just, you know, it's, it's a little hard to make that ROI argument, right? Because it's just hard to launch new things. It's, you know, it's not impossible. It just takes, it's, it's the time element. Continue to it's the time. You it's can time, absolutely right? do it. It's, yeah. But you have to be patient. Yeah, you have to know time. that you need 12 to 18 to 24 months to, to, right. to really see this start to gain traction. And as right. we talked about on the last episode, you've got a lot of quarterly mindsets going on. And it's exactly. tough to get past that when people say, what are we selling right now? What have you done for me lately? And you're saying, oh, well, we're in just six month six of this thing and we haven't built our minimum viable audience yet. And they're like, you're done. Get out. <laughs> so it's impatience is a killer. So go buy it. That's what we're seeing. Uh, what you got? Well, you got I, yeah, I, one to, uh, to, I'll go do another help. one. Cause so basically you did the Salesforce plus yeah. I did the HubSpot NFT one, um, or I'm sorry, the HubSpot buying uh, the hustle. I'll do the next one. And I didn't know if I wanted to bring this up, Robert, but I think I have to, because it's been running almost into every episode we've done since that moment. And this is the April 9th episode, not our first mention of clubhouse, but you and I have had <laughs> our back and forth on the social audio platform clubhouse. This is episode 266. And that was when they were valued at $4 billion, where you thought that that was the most laughable thing in the world. And, and I thought, <laughs> I thought that there's still good times ahead for clubhouse. And I, I mean, I'll let you speak for your own take on clubhouse. I still think that clubhouse <laughs> has, has an opportunity to do some amazing things. I think that they, in a very short period of time, they have done some incredible things, maybe not to the 4 billion valuation, but I, I think that there is a possibility there for people to use that platform in a very specific way to target specific audiences. And you feel that's not it, right? Correct. You're not, you're on the other side of that railroad track there. Yeah. I, yeah. I think, yes, I, I believe that clubhouse and, 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 and if I were making predictions, which is not until next episode, but, but, uh, if I were making predictions, I would make a prediction that Clubhouse will, uh, you know, will see the same fate as Quibi. It will, it will ultimately be, let's call it, you know, acquired, if you want to call it acquired, um, into something else. It, it is a Clubhouse is a feature, not an app. I think it remains to be seen. I think that unless there's some major pivot that i'm not seeing i just don't Here, here's i can't the see yeah. it here's I just the don't thing see it. You, i don't see it here's the thing and, and you know that i'm a big believer in focus linkedin is adding this absolutely facebook has added this twitter has added this everyone is adding the feature right but maybe clubhouse is because they're only focused on this and that particular experience maybe they become the place to go for that maybe right maybe Maybe, maybe, maybe. Be, I like it's your possible. optimism. I, I, we know, I, really I know, it's, I know it's, a number of refreshing. creators that have done have done good, some really amazing boy. things on Clubhouse. <laughs> now, personally, I did not. You know, I gave it a shot. I was a. There were some people who did some amazing things on Quibi. No, too. there was. I mean, nobody did to, anything. Yes, amazing there was on Quibi. 
Oh, that's not even a little bit they, true. You should go watch. Roku bought that. The, com- the Reno 911. The Reno 911 guys did some very funny stuff on Quibi. And yeah, there was there was some good content on Quibi that ultimately went to Roku, by the way. But but yeah, it's it's it wasn't that the content wasn't good. It was just a bad, well, Roku bad, bought that bad, for couch cushion bad, money. Bled. Exactly, exactly. They got a they, they got a deal. a deal. I'm sure that there are content creators on Clubhouse that are amazeballs. That does not mean the platform is going to be successful or that it has any chance in hell. I I think it, the 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 retread executive team for Quibi was not the right group of individuals to lead that initiative, if it ever should have been led in the first place. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I have what another is, what one is yours? That, we could, that we could touch on that's in the similar vein, which is, I don't even know if you remember this, back in April, this is one of my honorable mentions, um, because I had forgotten about it, um, that, uh, uh, do you remember that, IBM, the huge, of course, ginormous company, uh, spun off an entire IT services unit, um, and we we might remember some of the the services that they that they provided. Um, renamed their company this spinoff Kindrel K Y N D R Y L. Do you remember this? Barely yeah, Kindrel, but yes, um, yeah. Um, Basically, it was 90,000 employees. It's like no small potatoes. So 90,000 employees now work for a, a spinoff called Kindrel. Is it still called Kindrel? That is correct. It I is still called Kindrel. Uh, if you go to, to Kindrel.com, uh, K-Y-N-D-R-Y-L, you will see the lovely Kindrel. Um, and they have all kinds of IT-related services, everything from cloud services to digital workplace to security and customer um, you know, CRM and all sorts of things. But uh, I, I got to be honest, not a lot there. Uh, I'm not I'm not seeing a whole bunch of stuff um, that's really. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't 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 see a lot. Like I go to their news section and not. You know what I like? There. I like the two Y's in Kindrel. That's all I'll say. <laughs> it, it to me it, it to me it looks like some sort of drug that you would take to get rid of your freckles right like if you really hated your freckles and it's like what I really hate my freckles what should I take Bob well try this new drug it's called Kindrel side effects include throwing up and going out of your no I think it's more like yes it's something like that but I think it's more of a rash it's like I've I've got a rash on my leg and I just can't get rid of it and then yeah Oh, you well, need you need Kindrel. Kindrel. Get, you, you need Kindrel. Rub Kindrel yeah. on your rash twice a, a, a day and just be careful because if you take too much, you'll be dead in a week. You know, I don't know. Something That's like right. that. But That's yeah, right. I you do like be careful that. with That's the, a good you gotta, one. Over applying the Kindrel is a bad thing. And our yeah. apologies to anyone listening to this who works in Kindrel. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care. It's orange. Yeah. I, I, you know how I love orange. I mean, their, their company color is orange, which, again... It's kind of orange. It's is more it, red. Is it really? It is Am I colorblind? It looks uh, orange. It looks no, the orangest it's, it's of orange. It's kind of. Uh, I don't. It's right. No, I think it's more red than orange. But but I, you know that could be my monitor. Right. Well, too, so. we apologies to the folks at at, at Kindrel. Uh, I have my last one. 
My last yeah, yeah, wrap definitely. up. This was during the dog days of summer. We covered this one. This was in the July 2nd uh, episode 278. And that was name image likeness that the NCAA went and approved. Oh, I thought that right. was so huge. Oh, that's a, yes. Yeah. That's a I, great one. That's a great one. That, that we could have actually been yeah, that's the episode one. of the year because of the fact that I hear more people talking about NIL in just regular speak. Like people will bring it up. Anyone that's into sports realizes this. Uh, my my son knows a lot of people that have a lot of his friends that are gamers, that are athletes in college, that have been taking sponsorships that never were able to before. And it was it's just interesting that that development happened. And why is why are we talking about it on this show? It's because of the fact that because now they can go out and get these sponsorships and basically sell their name for money or their likeness for money in some way, they also want to build an audience. How are they building an audience? They're creating regular content on particular channels like we talk about for a long time. And so you see a lot of uh, athletes in the NCAA uh, creating a lot of content now on different platforms like TikTok and Instagram and whatnot and Twitch, streaming on Twitch and things like that. So I thought that was a very important development. That's a great so, one. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I don't hear in in marketing and advertising circles, I don't hear a lot about it. Um, you know, the, the couple of stories that I've seen in the last, let's say, three months have all been around how there's actually been a bit of a a, a pullback, not a pullback, but a, but a, but that there have been some you know sort of false starts, if you will, uh, of of some of the athletes that have went like like jumped in too quickly and then went oh maybe it's not you know maybe I need to sort of rethink this or think this through, but I think very quietly in the background i think this is going to become just exactly as you said one of the one of the biggest i mean maybe it's the pandemic too maybe there's something around the the sort of you know bl- wet blanket that that is the pandemic that's beginning to not you know well i th- not really allow this to ha- to flower mm. like we thought it would. I, I think it's the same thing that you know, what we talked about with NFTs term. being new. I think what happened in a lot of the situations that I read about is that, is that a lot of these athletes were taking the first thing offered at them instead of, hey, this is a new thing. We actually need a strategy. How do I build an audience? What are the right deals to take? What what do I want? What do I True want enough. my brand to stand for? These are questions they never asked before. And you saw some kids that were doing, you know, they were taking an auto deal or they were up on a billboard doing something they didn't want to do kind of a cash grab instead of thinking about this as a long-term initiative so yeah now i think now you're getting a little bit of oh okay well let's just not jump it at you know mike's bike shop and i'm going <laughs> or what not, not that i have anything mike's wrong with mike's bike shop, bike shop. <laughs> kindrel exactly. i'm gonna get my i'm gonna, I'm gonna get my kindrel for sponsorship the, for ankle rashes or whatever the case <laughs> might be so you get 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 it get it services and your rash cream at kindrel <laughs> the new two in one oh, we're gonna get you're so gonna much see, trouble no, we're gonna get right so after the my pillow guy yeah. uh, late night late at night you're gonna you're gonna see kindrel the 30 the 30 minute infomercial come on and it does everything <laughs> and it's 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 orange but it's a it's a deep orange it makes it look like red we don't really know kind of like your rash <laughs> All right. That's all I got. Those, that was, uh, do you have any more stories? Those were my stories That's, of the year. I do not. I am. I am. You're, you're I am done. You're, I am you're done. done. I am done with this year, and I am done with these stories. Um, 
Yeah, so you got you got uh, anything happening over the over the New Taking, Year's Eve, yeah, basically New Year's Day, over that? over the break, extended break here. Uh, we've got both the the kids at, at home from college, and we're going to spend as much time with them as we can while everything's in in down down mode. So uh, so yeah, we have have a lot of a lot of family time because because right now we're at a point where I think they may be lying, but I think that they actually want to still spend time with us. So since that's, that's the case, nice. we're all in. Yeah, you We're just take in. advantage and that, of that. And, yeah. and um, oh, by the way, I did watch The Matrix, and I got to tell you. Oh, you did? Not giving anything away. Loved it. Ab- absolutely. Okay, I've heard mixed. I've heard mixed reviews, so I, I haven't I seen really, that, I but. really did enjoy it. I've also heard the new Spider-Man is off the hook. I haven't good, watched so, it yet, but will um, very soon. Haven't watched it, but yeah, I, but I did yeah. I did see the uh, the Matrix on uh, my favorite streaming channel HBO Max, and uh, and really enjoyed it. So there you go. How about how about you, sir? Okay. What do you got going on? Um, the next that well, I'm going to go watch the Matrix <laughs> now. I mean that's that's that that's the thing I'm going to go do. But yeah, same thing. Just a little little R and R time, um, and I mean that in both ways. The R and R time. Uh, and, and yeah, just uh, a little bit of relaxing before we get back into the heavy duty January and excited for that. I, excited Absolutely, for 2022. Really, really am fun. truly excited. Well, all right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for 2021 and this old marketing episode of our re, uh, rehash of some of the stories here. Um, by the way, if you haven't been over to our website yet, if you haven't heard this enough, you should get over there at thisoldmarketing.site. You can dive into the show notes. We'll link all the stories that we talked about in the show notes today. Or you can listen to any of the other 303 episodes that we have over there. You get on over there. And remember, hashtag us up in 2022, won't you? Hashtag us up with this old marketing and give us story ideas give us things that we should be talking about and until we meet again happy new year to all of you we'll see you in 2022 and just remember it's your story to tell tell it well we'll see you next week on this old marketing